Uh, what's going on everyone? This is Dustin Stelzer with Electrician U. Today we have a guest. Uh, we got Chad German. Uh, I came across him on Instagram quite a while ago. Um, you're an, an educator, so you do a lot of educational content as well about electrical, but um, social media, if you guys are on Instagram, it's Utah Electrician. Um, so Chad, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and who you are and all that. Yeah, I'm a, my name is Chad German. I'm a master electrician here in the state of Utah. Um, been doing electrical work for quite um, for pretty much my whole adult life, um, and then in the last couple months, I've uh, gone full time as the the lead electrical instructor at a at a college down here. We have pretty big uh, pretty big uh, deal down here for an apprenticeship. So um, yeah, so that's kind of my thing. I've done that for a couple of years. I've been I was running uh, bigger commercial projects most of my career as well as. Uh, being a service manager right before I got out of the field, I was running a service division for a company. Yeah, so most of my stuff is is, is doing that. And I've traveled doing Walmarts and, and hospitals and different things like that. Uh, Smith's Marketplace is our grocery short store out here. It's very, it's very similar to uh, to like a super Walmart, and I've done quite a few of those. And Yeah, so that's kind of my deal, just running projects. And, and I started educating a few years back at nights, teaching at the night. You know, this is a night program here in Utah. It's a four-year electrical program to get your journeyman license. And so uh, that's what I'm part of right now. Okay. So is that something that supplements, like you have contracts or something set up with a bunch of companies that they send their people to school and, or is it just a school program for four years? So, no, it's a state, the state of Utah, um, we have to go through four years on the job on an apprentice license. So if you want to be an electrician in Utah, you have to find a contractor that will sponsor you with an apprentice license. Um, you go through four years on the job training that the job, the, the company will sign off at the end of your four years. And then you also have four years of schooling. Um, and that's all done through the state. So I work at Mountain Land Technical College or MTech, and that is a state college. Uh, like I said, we have five campuses, uh, apprentices. We have, yeah, we're pushing close to a thousand apprentices in the apprenticeship program. Um, so yeah. that's just at our college. I went to the DATC, which is uh, about an hour and a half north of where I'm at. Uh, same type of program put out by the state. The DATC is a, is a school as well that was a state run. So you go through four years of school, and then you have three journeyman tests, uh, practical theory, in a code and we have like a 35% to 40% pass rate on that after four years of school. So it's pretty hard. And then after that, you wait four years and you go take a couple, you know, you take two more, uh, a theory and a code um, to become a master electrician. So it's eight years to own your own business here in Utah. I mean, okay. Wow. That's, that seems very rigid. That's actually impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some places like, Florida, you just go pass the test and you can be a master electrician. I don't think you have to show any hours. Um, right. So it's kind of, you know, how it is throughout the, the country. That that status is a little different for everybody. So Yeah, and it's in the weirdest places too. So like somewhere like Utah, you would think they just, I mean, I don't know. My, I've never been there. My perception of Utah is that there's like a lot of nothing everywhere. So I would feel like it's like small towns and stuff. Like I know there's Salt Lake city and all of that stuff. That's big, but you would think places like Florida where there's just a Mecca of people everywhere right. would be so damn stringent on everything. Or, you know, like Virginia, a lot of the like Southeast of the United States, there's a lot of just like weird lack of accountability or like weird, um, um, like IEC requirements or things like that, but they're not actually, as stringent in those areas. Right. And I think what I find in that, because I, I have my own consulting business, you know, I've gone to Mississippi and, and uh, different places to teach as well with my consulting business. I teach continuing education out here in Utah. Um, so I do a lot of teaching now, but um, uh, I used to teach Sunday classes, you know, and promote that on my Instagram and then people would pay and I do zoom classes um, and I'd get people from New York and, you know, Colorado, Texas, like all over the place. And I would teach exam prep. And it is it's funny because places that have a bigger population, the requirements are, uh, I think it has to do with demand, right? Like if there's not, if there's too many people that want to get out of the job, they're going to make it rigid so that you have to, you have to like go through stuff to get into that to where if it's like, we need electricians, just 
come and be an electrician. They take away like our uh, population is growing just like Texas. And, uh, a lot of people moving here. Um, so we're like, our industry out here is just crazy booming. And we are like getting a little bit, like, even though we still have the three tests, they made some of those tests a little bit easier because they're trying to make it so that, you know, more people can become journeymen or qualified electricians. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's understandable to have exams to be really difficult, but it's also in, in a lot of places you can get by without having to have a license for a really, really long time and just kind of be an installer and not have to have that stringent thing and still be able to kind of have a job for yourself. Like here in Austin, I just in Texas in general, I wish that it was more stringent. I mean, we still have the, you know, two years residential wireman's license, four years journeyman, six years master, but um I find that a lot of people will just be like a 15 year apprentice, you know? Yeah, we have that too. We do have that. I mean, if you're, if you've been in the trade for long enough and you've, uh, you've got skills, you're going to get paid for that. Now, as far as like, if they got to lay people off and and they need licenses, we have ratios out here that we have to have on job sites. So usually you can get paid more if those licenses, because you can have the ratio. So when they show up and, if you got a bunch of apprentices, we call them apprentice sources. So if you got a bunch of apprentice sources on a job site and one journeyman, you actually can get fined by the state. So oh, wow. um, I think we're all very similar. We do have it. It's pretty rigid. A lot of people will go up to Idaho, get their journeyman test, and then it reciprocates after a year. Um, so uh, I'm just I'm just kind of on what you just said. There's a big difference between a guy that 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 wires up or connects electrical components in an electrician, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, to me, and then there's no offense into somebody that, that puts together a fence, you know, like if you go and uh and install a fence in someone's yard, you're a fence installer. And um that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that living. But you know, our trade is known as a trade that uh, you know, I remember getting out of high school and my dad said, go get into the skilled trades. He didn't say go go put up a fence, you know, go be a fence installer. He was like, go get in the trills, uh, the, the trades and uh, see what that can do for you. And I think that as electricians, we're kind of revered, if you will, as a great career outside of college. And um, for those guys that just go through and, and do quick installs, you know, you get paid for being a quick, quick install guy, but for somebody that is educated and an actual, an electrician, you should get paid, according to that you know that's my opinion yeah i agree i think that uh for me like the the hunt for knowledge and constantly seeking trying to learn more listening to all the podcasts all that kind of stuff like people that want to go that crazy into it i think they're going to get the reward of being that dedicated for it and but not everybody in the trade needs to be that (laughs) right yeah i'll teach a code class and i mean to be honest with you i've worked i don't want to memorize the code but i but you do a good job. I'll see your yeah. videos and you're like pulling out little code refs off the number, off the flash. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've spent a lot of time um, with flashcards and doing different stuff, not for myself, but when directing classes, like a kid asks, can you pull a cable through a raceway? And I'm like, let's go to 300.5B. Let's go to 300.9. Let's talk about those two codes. And they're like, yeah. oh. And so when I'm teaching classes, especially if it's like today, I taught article 210, which is brand circuits. I have literally article 90 through article 230, every heading of every code memorized. I don't have a word for word, all the codes, but I've worked on that. So that when they I change every three years, so you're like, yeah, you have well, to yeah, like, clear all that out. Yeah. 210.71 was meeting, you know, was uh, meeting rooms. Now it's 210.65. So it's like, and then if you're not brushed up on it, the way I study with flashcards, um, my buddy, Logan, uh, Millington, who is uh, is also on Instagram, he's always like the flashcards things are good, but you lose memory if you don't keep up. And he's right, you know. So I study the code in depth as well as do flashcards to keep my memory up. But I tell my students, my my point on this is my I tell my students my goal isn't to get you to the point where you're firing off codes. That's pointless for an electrician. Yeah, it's I absolutely agree. pointless. You know, if you walked up to a guy and like two ten dot fifty six, you're like they don't care. Um, but they're more, they're probably going to think like, dude, fuck you. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So at the end of the day, my job as an educator, I have to know that stuff, but my job also as an educator, educating electricians 
as I want them to be like every like better than every electrician when it comes to being able to look up codes and better yet knowing those codes that will save them money. I take a lot of time saying like, okay, you know, I teach the air conditioner code that's so popular on social media that you go off the minimum opacity and I say, okay, that's cute. Everybody argues about that. And I said, but let's talk about pulling wire in an air conditioning unit on a bunch of air conditioning units on a Walmart. I've got that all piped back to a panel. And if I don't know that I can pull a number 10 and I go and I think I'm just going to pull a number eight, I have to now push a fish tape through, pull a mule or a true tape through, get a measurement, call that in, get a cut from the parts place on multiple rooftop units when I could have had number 10s pulled in. And I know in my conics, I have 500 foot spools of number 10 all day long. Now I'm a proficient foreman and I'm making money for a company. And that's where the code can help you to make money. Or the guys that don't want to look at 300.5 on direct burial and they just go 24 inches deep and they're in the middle of a store. And you're like, dude, you're over here renting a mini X or a backhoe at 300 bucks a day, if not more, plus the fuel, plus the time to dig to 24 inches because you want to go above code. And at the end of the day, I'm throwing it underneath the, you know, underneath the pea gravel and I'm still lower than what the code says underneath a uh, slab that's not subject to truck, tra- truck traffic. Yeah. And who's going to make more money on that job? Right. Me. And at the end of the day, I know it's not all about money, but when it comes to being employed and getting the next big job to run or that office position, that's when the code book makes me money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a, a post that I put on my Instagram recently that uh, says the young man knows all the rules, but the old man knows all the exceptions. And I just love that because it's like, yeah, I mean, sure, knowing everything is great, but like at a certain point, knowing where to break it and all of that stuff on the fly, you know, that experience really is what it's all about. But yeah, and I think that is hopefully, you know, we use a lot of your material in uh, our, uh, we have an LMS called Canvas. So a lot of our guys do stuff online and we'll plug in your videos, other people's videos as well. Yours are more time sensitive and we don't want to play video. We have a thing here called layers of learning where we don't just lecture for three hours and we don't watch the video for three hours. We want to get them tangibly doing something and, and then listening to the code, doing the code, and then maybe watching the code. Right. And so we want them to have different points of view. So uh, a lot of your videos fit perfect. And we put that into our LMS and guys can click on it. It takes them right to your YouTube channel and they can watch it. Um, and that's a benefit to you because obviously they're exposed to your channel and yeah. they're exposed, you know, and you're getting more views. But on the other end, um, you're relatable to the students. I'm in charge of, of bringing in teachers and teacher improvement. And I've had electrical engineers and guys that are very, very smart want to come to the school and teach. I would rather have a brand new journeyman that just got through school that can relate with the guys in class that had just gone through the process than some 65-year-old dude. No offense to that guy. But uh, some 65-year-old guy that hasn't been in the field and he's been doing design builds for a company yeah. um, that knows the code. He doesn't relate. For the last 20 much. years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I yeah, think so what important. do you find that is – when you guys are teaching, at, specifically at your school, are you primarily trying to relate everything to code all the time or are you teaching physical hand skills, hand tools, and things like that? Yeah, so like I said, we have three tests in the state of Utah. We have a practical – we have a journeyman and we have, or sorry, we have a practical, we have a code and we have a theory. So, you know, one of the things we have teachers that are really, really good at theory. They're not so good at the code. And we have mm-hmm. teachers that are really, really good at the code, but not so good. I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay at the theory. I'm really good at the code. I just struggle with the theory when it comes to like, sir, I don't understand it. Like, okay, this is how math works. I don't know how to help you with that. There's other guys that are good at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and other, and so, with that being said, it's really hard to get everybody on the same page. It's like, oh, who cares about Article 220 as long as they learn about capacitive circuits? You know, so we have to teach a little bit of all that. The actual number one, the, the most failed test in the state of Utah is a practical. And that was because we had a lot of things that weren't practical to what we were having them do. The start-stop station that was something that you would never do out in the field. So guys were trying to memorize how to wire it. Oh yeah, um, some pipe bands and different stuff. So the states come back when I said they made it easier. I should say they made it more practical. And they have like we hand they hand you a, a line diagram 
uh, on a more simple concept and you would wire that up on a board. And so to me, that makes sense because if you get into industrial, you have to know how to read mind diagrams and they're getting their journeyman in, in any, any uh, facet that they would go to. So okay. yeah, we teach a little bit of everything in the, in the four years. Cool. Uh, do you still have like, um, environments set up where you're having them actually wear tools and they're pulling wire, pulling MC, you know, doing stuff physically that they would be doing in the field? Uh, we don't. We're we're trying to incorporate some of that into our layers of learning. We've got a new uh, we've got a new administration. Cliff Karen Campbell is our director, and he's doing a great job. Come in, Lori, who was before us. I love her. Uh, she didn't have much support, so she was running around by herself, trying to get a lot of stuff done. Cliff's done a good job building a team, and and um, we're trying to really change that. But um, I think that the thought of that throughout the state of Utah is they learn the stuff on the job that needs to know on the job. And then the stuff to pass the test and to become everyday electricians kind of thing on um, in, in school. So we're trying to mix that up a little bit better and still meet the requirements the state has us meet. So, um, yeah, it's not one like I know there's a guy on Instagram that was teaching in California. And that's not a, it wasn't a school that was like beamed by the state that you have to have. So it was like, hey, do you want to we have that with uh, HVAC so the HVAC doesn't deem that you have to go to school to be a an hvac uh, technician but we do have that in our school and we have like 50 guys that come and they teach them how to do like the technical end of hvac and and um so it's not required but yeah. it, it still will help them in their employment yeah the hard thing it seems to be the materials like having to replace rolls of romex and rolls of mc that these people are just cutting and ripping through panels putting knockouts yeah. It's like, that's just such an expensive thing for schooling without yeah. there being some kind of accreditation or, I mean, even just to get an accreditation, a lot of times you have to show two years worth of graduating classes. And it's like, it's so much money to put, to put up, um, uh -huh. difficult thing to do, I think. Uh, for you to be able to get more funding and you don't have to talk too much about like your program in your school, but how does somebody uh, in your position prove to your school that it's worthwhile to put more money into your department so that you can have more resources without there being contests and like football games that prove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Utah is quite a bit different than most States. Um, I know that, uh, we pride ourselves on on higher education. We've got a lot of uh, universities and different things out here in Utah that are state-funded universities. You know, I'm, I'm considered a state employee as an electrical instructor here. Um, so I don't get too much into that, but sometimes there's grants and there's different things allocated by the state that they'll come out and say, you know, we will put in for that grant or all the different schools will put in for a grant that they say we have this money here budgeted for whatever and uh, that was part of how we got our job is we're the largest trade school in the state. And there's, there's a ton of, ton of them. So, um, so that money, since I, on, on my end, I get a lot of my boss showing up and saying, we have this much money. Um, can we use it? If not, can we use it for the plumbing? Uh, or do we just tell the state that uh, we don't need that money right now? You know, and as, as you know, we have a, last year we had, I think six first year first year classes six or seven and right now we have 10 first year classes with still a huge waiting list we get people calling all the time upset that their employees can't join so the trade is getting bigger and bigger out here you just can't keep up with how big it's growing and we can't find teachers fast enough yeah. uh, i had to come up with a hybrid system which is actually really exciting for me where they go they uh, have a teacher in class one of the days because they go to school um, two days a week. Um, and then the other class they do zoom. So I don't know if you know who, uh, New Mexico Sparky is on Instagram. He's a, the chief inspector out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and, you know, I associate myself with a lot of like-minded people, Paul Abernathy, Ryan Jackson, Michael uh, Armando's up there with those guys, trust me. And he actually teaches, uh, a couple nights a week via zoom. And so our, our students are really lucky that they're getting, uh, you know, somebody like Armando that's teaching. So, yeah, it's so great that, I mean, I feel like with COVID, like it, it kind of stopped, uh, st stopped a lot of 
growth and like productivity and things, but I feel like on some level it connected a lot of us a lot more too. So a lot of opportunities to just like meet people and do stuff like what we're doing right now that normally you would take a flight and try to go sit down and meet with somebody. And um, I just, I, I feel like people are connecting more and uh, as a result, are just able to get more opportunity this way. So. Right. Yeah. Pre COVID, I had never done a zoom meeting before. And now I could honestly say I've probably done about 200, 300, yeah uh, zoom meeting so it's uh it's just part of the way we uh we operate you know yeah no that's really cool man um what is, so let's talk about just you as an electrician for a little bit uh, outside of the educator space when you were actually in the contracting you said that you did like big walmarts and stuff so you're probably pretty familiar with like novar systems and yeah. uh, building management and all that have you only done the commercial service side or uh, what it, what have you done through your career as an electrician? So I started with a company that uh, primarily did a lot of charter schools and then um, did that for quite a while, just the charter schools and, and basics. Uh, I don't want to say smaller commercial, but, you know, sometimes you would get a decent sized building, uh, just random commercial here or there. They didn't do any, any residential. And I did that for quite a few years and then the economy fell in a way. And um, I think we all just kind of found whatever we could do to, to stay busy. I, uh, I went to work for a company that is uh, out here in the West. It's pretty big. It's called Salmon Electric and they have an office in, in Las Vegas. They have an office in Idaho here, you know? And so when I went there, um, uh, you kind of, when you sign up for the being okay to be out of town, they always send you out of town. That's just, when you get with a big company like that, that's kind of how it is. So I stayed in town for a minute and then it was kind of like kiss your wife and kids goodbye. And I, I went and did Walmarts, uh, as an apprentice for a little bit. And then I did, uh, some Walmarts. I think I ran one in Reno. I did, uh, uh, a coal. I, I worked as a remodel on a Coles, helping that out. And then, that same company that laid me off called me back and gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I went back there. Uh, I was a journeyman by then. And I was running um, some uh, some charter schools for them, did a really big uh, networking company with some cool stuff like rectifiers and inverters and uh, generators and multiple things of that nature and uh, did that for a while. And then the company I had worked for before, they had a branch off where they did Walmarts and Smith's marketplaces and big grocery stores. So I branched, went back with them. I'm all about the experience. You know? So I never left a company to go wherever the dollar was. I was like, well, this company does, you know, you do enough charter schools that end up feeling like a big house. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with residential. I, I, I tend to offend people, but <laughs> I don't want to do that. I just don't like the same type of thing over and over again, you know, lights and outlets. And so once they, I did it, started doing grocery stores, they're really fun because they got a little bit of everything in them. You know what I mean? And, um, and then I wanted to go out on my own and my original foreman had gone out on his own and I wasn't quite a master electrician yet. So he hit me up and said, Hey man, I'll pay you the same of what you're making running those big jobs. If you come and just help me. And I was like thinking to myself, well, I'm going to go out on my own anyway. I can learn either to make it or to break it with him working as his right hand man, or I went with him and then we built that company together. It was just me, him and a, and a guy named Garrett. And now the company has gotten pretty big and, and it spread throughout the whole Utah Valley out here. And uh, that was really cool. So I started this, you know, I, I was working with him, did some hospitals, did some restaurants and did a lot of his commercial while the other guys did residential. And then we brought in some old friends of mine that were foremen and journeymen and started building the company up. And uh, I had a hard time leaving that guy. He's my best friend. And uh, everybody that I was bringing in was like my, like I was picking the employees. So it was like, if I don't like where I'm working, I'm doing it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to start my own company. And I started, a, I did start a contracting company after I got my, my master's license. I had been teaching for a couple semesters and told them I didn't want to teach anymore. And then I started doing basements. Basements out here are really big. People in Utah build these four to 6,000 square foot homes. No one's building a normal 2,000 square foot home out here at all. They're just everybody, the average 25 year old kid, newly married is buying a 6,000 square foot home. It's the craziest thing, but they have unfinished basements. So they're living and heating these unfinished basements. 
and they've got these big houses and they generally find that they can't afford it. So they sell it, but before they sell it, they want to finish the basement. So there's a big market out here um, to do basements. So when I started my business, I started angling my startup towards basements, uh, thinking I could get out. And I got with a contractor that my brother-in-law, who's an electrician with me, him and I were just destroying these basements. We were just popping them out. And then eventually that guy said, we've got so many of these that either you get 15 employees or you're done. And I wasn't about to just, you know, I have to have some capital. I'm not going to stress about paying guys payroll. And yeah. I was like, man, as hard as I've been working, they just undercut me like that. So kind of got a bad taste in my mouth with uh, the contracting thing with you can slave away. And then all of a sudden they'll just replace you in a minute. And so I kind of went back to teaching just to, to sub for a bit. And the students were like, man, thank you so much. This teacher doesn't help. He just, it was just like really rewarding for me to, uh, to just see that these guys needed help. And I had teachers that I had one teacher that was really good, but for the most part for my four years, my teachers didn't care. You know what I mean? They were just pushing you through. And so I thought, man, I can make a big difference. So I, I kept teaching. And then I talked to a buddy of mine and he, I was like, how do I monetize my Instagram? I got something here. I'm either going to stop doing it or doing it, but I got to provide for my family. You know, and this thing is just, and he's like, dude, why don't you ever do be a consultant? This guy's a multimillionaire, owns multiple businesses. He buys businesses that are failing and flips them and then makes profit off of them That's and great. sells them for, for what he, you know, for more than, so he's a big, he's very business savvy. So he's like, I'll call somebody that's an expert in an industry and talk to him for three hours. They give me all their secrets. And he's like, I'll give him $50,000 sometimes. And then I just go take over. And then he's not number one anymore. I am because I'll perfect what he's doing. And I was like, I don't know how to do that, but the consultant thing rang in my head like, well, I can teach continuing ed. I can teach this. So I looked into our state to see what, what would happen, and I did it, and I, I threw it up on Instagram, and it took off. Like People all over the state called me, and then uh, had some people out of state call me to go do that. So that's kind of where I'm at. I realized maybe that that's my knack. That's that's my thing is uh, is teaching, so I've just put all my all my eggs in that basket at this point. So. Me too. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I, I love, uh, I'm sure you've experienced this when you walk up and someone just walks up to you and you have no idea who they are. And they're like, man, thank you so much. Or, you know, like yeah. I watch your videos. It, it's rewarding to feel like you're leaving your fingerprint on, uh, on an industry that you call your career. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not, not everybody has that opportunity to make that kind of an impact. Yeah. And the thing too, like for me as a, as a student, it was always the, 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 the reason that I fell in love with this trade is there's just so much to know. And so much of it is really difficult stuff to try to wrap your head around because the theory part, you know, it's just so, it, it, it's so theoretical in nature. So just me being in the field and trying to figure things out, that's what got me so excited. And so when I was doing something and I didn't understand, and I couldn't figure it out and I finally got it and it clicked in my head, I was like, Oh my God, that's yeah. awesome. So then it sends you down like another hole. And it's just that for somebody that has the right mindset, that's kind of thirsty for that, that likes to learn. Um, this trade is an amazing thing. And so as a teacher, I like that same moment when I see that in somebody else where they're like really trying and going over the top and, and kind of pushing past all of the other apprentices and they're really hungry and they're just always trying to read books and everything. It's like, bro, let me, let me, let me give you a hand. All right. Like I see you're hungry, but I love seeing that kind of spark in somebody when they finally. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I've suffered with some learning disabilities and different things throughout my life. And so I, I actually prolonged a little bit become an electrician because there was schooling involved. And I oh, wow. did not did enjoy school. the schooling. You didn't want to. Yeah, I was like, no, it's all math. I don't really want anything to do with it. So I was married and had kids at that point. I got married pretty young, though. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think my thing is a lot of my teachers were those guys that were just book smart, book smart. And they don't know why you don't understand it. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. I covered it. I don't know why you get it. And as I've been teaching here, I would say that before I started teaching, I would say that, yeah, yeah I have the learning disabilities. I got to work quite a bit harder than everybody else to retain information. I'm going to say that's, that's who we are. And I'm not saying everybody because I've got students that are really, really bright when it comes to just retaining information. But the majority of the guys in our program are the same guys. They're just like me. So 
when I went through the electrical apprenticeship program within the first six months, my teacher called four of us up and said, Hey man, you guys aren't, there's no way you could pass this. Might as well pick up your stuff and get out of here. And, uh, the other dudes are like, cool, sweet. See ya. <laughs> they pick up their stuff. Well, I'm a married guy with kids. And at that point I had a, I have a, a son with a visual impairment. And so I had a baby that was visually impaired and, and we threw everything away for me to like, we, we sold our house and then we went and moved into a duplex in Rose Park, which is kind of the uh, a rougher area in, in Salt Lake, you know? And so I, I sold my house, went and all cards in on this thing. And I'm sitting here going, I just am getting told in first year that I'm done, you know, and I was just self, I was just defeated. And the teacher after break goes, Hey German, I asked you to leave. And I'm like, look, dude, I paid for school. Right. I know I'm not going to pass, but maybe while I'm sitting here, something will click. And then when I go through this again, I'll have a little upper hand and said, I won't have to relearn. He goes, no, I want you to leave. And then one of my coworkers or one of my co-students was like, no, nah, that's messed up. He doesn't leave. Uh, if he leaves, we all leave. And one of them got up and went and got the director of the program who then got on the teacher. And I don't think he lasted the semester. And then those, those co-students on my off nights, they were saying, let's come to our house. And we had barbecues and my fellow students helped teach me. And literally what it was, I just needed to learn how I learn, you know, back in high school, I didn't, no one cared to help me learn how I learn. It was just like, Oh, you struggle. Go sit in your class, go sit in your seat. And it was like, I was doing multiplication every year over and over. And I'm like, dude, I, of course I'm not going to try this. It's stupid. Um, so, so we busted our butts and um, I got my journeyman. I got my master's. I'm one of the only guys out of that class to do that. And I think that I take the approach while I'm teaching that I, I care that they don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. So all these concepts uh, ambient temperature correction, Article 220, um, capacitive reactive circuits, all those things I have mastered because those things kick the trash out of me, right? And But the thing is, is I know where those guys' disconnects are because I've had those disconnects. So when I'm teaching this, you know, a parallel circuit and I'm saying breaking down resistors, if you're using the reciprocal method to break down those resistors, the reciprocal, the sum of the reciprocals is you guys forget to hit reciprocal one time. What does that look like? It's the reciprocal <laughs> of the sum. This is what it looks like, right? You guys are going to forget this. And they always, oh, I did what you told me I was going to do. And it changes the environment instead of, he just went over that, but he's already onto something else. And yeah, I can't figure worst. out what I did. You know, I, I literally had a student that uh, wasn't using his calculator, right? And he was beating himself up because he thought he was stupid. And it literally is that he had just changed his calculator. So something like that could cripple somebody, you know, in their education. Yeah. So I, I think, like you said, back to what you were saying, if you love it and you get it, you can help anybody. Like with your videos, you're helping to, uh, tons of my students are like, hey, go follow electrician. You, I got this from him, you know, and I'm like, awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you ask somebody who's the best basketball player in the world, you're going to get different answers. You know, yeah. some might lean towards more like there might be one or two players that everybody says, but they, we need all those players to make, uh, to make it uh, so that they can, not everybody, not one person is going to relate with everybody. And I think that's, what's cool about social media and what we got going on right now. I didn't have YouTube to look at. I didn't have anything like that going through school. I had a guy that was just like, well, if you didn't get it, have fun. And I'd go study for yeah. hours, you know? And so now well, what I feel like we provide is as an outlet for people like maybe they don't relate with Chad Germ. So they go to Paul Abernathy and they're like, oh, I get, I love listening to the podcast of Paul Abernathy yeah. or man, I like Ryan's style of teaching, Ryan Jackson or hey man, you know, Dustin with the electrician, you like, like the way he presents it just makes sense to me. You know, so I think it's important that people know about uh, our platform. So I actually, I appreciate being here and being able to talk to you about it. So, yeah, I, I just, um, I realized recently that there's, there was nobody making any content really for the longest time. Um, which is why I started YouTube stuff. Cause I was like, I just wanted to watch videos. And so somebody has got to make them. So like, screw it. I'll just start making them. And then I noticed there were other people like on Instagram that were starting to 
like educate or do certain things. And it's like, whoa, we need way more of this. And we need to amplify the voices of the people that do care and that are out there trying to do something about the trades, especially, you know, the whole skills gap problem, which kind of seems nowadays like the tides are turning really. Uh, the more that I, that I talk, it's like they're even what you're experiencing. There's just so many people coming into the trades now that I don't know. Um, I don't even know how we gauge whether or not the skills gap has been fixed and we probably won't for another 20 years when all these people start retiring. But anyway, right. I think that we just need to be amplifying people. And so like people like you, where I see your stuff, I follow you on Instagram, you put out quality content. So it's like, yeah, dude, I need to get this guy on and at least just let other people see him um, because you do, you explain things in a different way. When I watch you talk about code stuff, I'll actually sit and listen to your whole story or whatever you got going on for a few minutes. Um, if it's something relevant, there's a lot of stuff that you'll talk about that I have no clue about. Or it's an environment I haven't worked in, or it's just something I haven't thought of, and you'll put it in a different way. So um, I don't know Ryan Jackson. I've heard his name, and like people have just suggested that I go check out his stuff. Um, but it's something I keep hearing uh, often. So I, that's another thing that I need to do is check it out. But anybody, you know, there's a, a guy the other day that I, we interviewed that's a locomotive electrician, and he just sat here and talked forever about how he works in a train yard and how these big trains work. And I'm like, Jesus, this is so cool. So I really like just love connecting. With yeah. People and- no, I think it's cool. I think the cool part is that if people know that we're always learning, yeah. it's the same thing I look at, I, I actually watch the way people present, um, not in a manner like, Oh, he presents better than me or, Oh, I present better than him. But I, I feel like yesterday I was teaching a class and I was trying to teach about the neutral point with um the ground and the neutral we had your video and i watched it uh, i had guys watch it and they're looking at it. a couple guys had questions and i'm trying to articulate this and finally i just drew on the board a circuit and going back to a panel going back to the meter and i said okay this new, this ground isn't hooked to the neutral point what will happen when there's a ground fault here will it trip the breaker guys just like instantly okay got it got it yeah and so Sometimes I, I love teaching because if you come and you just cover material, teaching can be, it's not fun. You know what I mean? The teaching yeah. is, I just covered this and this, if you didn't get it in on me, but when you're helping, so I found it in the, in my career as a foreman, I got told all the time when I was a foreman, you're kind of a jerk. You put a lot of pressure, you ride us and you will outwork us. You'll stay later than all of us to try like to try to out prove us that you can stay later. And I'm like, no, we just got to get stuff done. Right. Yeah. Um, but they're like the number one thing we love about you is that you've always taught us. People have always tell me that like, dude, you teach, teach me everything I've learned that was good. You've taught me. And so I went through a thing where, Hey man, uh, can you help me with this? And my foreman would be like the smartest guy on the job is a fourth year in school. Go over there. I've been doing this 20 years. I haven't taken my journeyman test, you know, 25 years ago, whatever. You're like, really? I got to go ask another guy that's in school learning it. And so um, I think that um, that was why I was like, yeah, if I know it, I want to help my guys. And it's just naturally, I think you and I are very similar. We naturally like to teach. Yeah. So it's just naturally who we are. I don't think it's an ego thing because trust me, we both know on social media, we get heckled and we get harassed a ton by people you know the fake page thing when you posted the other day i've been dealing with that for four years man with people just coming up with stuff and and uh you know so it's easy to just walk away but it's those people that you know you're making a difference in their lives as you teach you know again i'm leaving my fingerprint on uh on what i do the most which is work you know what i mean we all are that in that situation so yeah yeah, the thing uh, that I that I like about the whole social media aspect of all of this is that it's a level of accountability. So when you're when you're on your own, like as a master electrician, I'm out in the field doing work, filming what I'm doing, putting stuff. Normally, nobody's watching, right? So you can kind of yeah. get away of doing whatever you want because you're the master. But putting your work out there for everybody to judge and trying to teach and just putting everything out on the line. I think it takes balls. Like it really, it, it takes a lot doing what you do to like spout out code and be on a job site talking about stuff because just the nature of the trade is that we're going to have all these haters. Electricians are kind of assholes and we all think that we know more than everybody else. Um, 
but I think like just the accountability and the ability to put yourself out there in the first place is a really admirable thing. So, um, all that to yeah. say, like, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing a really good job. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. I, I think it's cool because if I'm wrong, I'll be proven I'm wrong. Right. And, so and then you'll learn I, something. I'm long all the time. Right. So there's times, there's other times where it's like, I have a question and then whoever I ask, I'm not going to name names. They're like, uh, don't worry about that. And then they hit me up later and they're like, Hey dude, I just ran into an email from somebody in the situation you asked about. I'm like, okay, I was reading that code mm-hmm. and I was wondering if this is what it was talking about. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it was talking about. So it's like, okay, even though that doesn't happen all the time, I know a code. Yeah. That, oh, it still know, happens. I didn't to know about. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing too. I think that's worth admitting and telling people is that we're wrong. You know, like there's, it happens. We will misinterpret something. We'll try to apply something somewhere. And then you go back later and you're like, Oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. Or I should have done that. We're human, dude. We're just electricians that, you know, we're still doing this stuff. We're still running across the problems and just trying to share what we do know, but fuck it. Stuff changes all the time. So it's really hard to be right all the time and get every single thing right. And I've never met an electrician my entire career that's doing it all right. That knows it all. That's getting it all right. I know a lot of guys that think they are, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, I think it's cool because a lot of guys are, uh, what was I going to say? I, I think it's cool because, comp- I don't know, if, I don't want to call it competition. People that start doing, like, you know, obviously you saw my stuff, you want to be around. I've been watching your stuff. I was in the same boat where I was like, if I'm going to make content, I might as well put it on YouTube. So I go and I look up electricians on YouTube, Dustin Seltzer. Mass journey to master or whatever your first thing was like electrician you and i'm like there's already somebody doing it which i could still put my take on it but we need like 20 always, more people dude do it yeah. we need more people are always telling me like man you should do youtube you should do this and i was working with another guy that was like other guys are doing this and this you should do this and i'm like i'm not going to do what other people are doing that doesn't make any sense to me if i do something it's because it's who i am so when you yeah. tell me you like my style that is that's cool because I thought like I want to be present in the situation showing the code mm-hmm. violation and then beyond. I want my videos. First of all, I'm horrible at editing. I'm horrible at technology and computers. So if I can poke my phone up, click the button, record, unclick it, post it, move on with my day, I'm completely fine. Yeah. But somebody like you, you know, a little bit more high energy, you get into more depth, you can take a little bit more time on a video, you know, um, that's awesome. So I think that, we've hit those different parts of the mind and we have different people that are like, I'm going to sit my grand, my father-in-law is a YouTube junkie, right? Like he'll just sit and watch YouTube for hours to where, you know, my wife and I will flip through TikTok or we'll flip through Instagram for a minute, put our phone down and we're playing with our kids or we're, you know what I mean? I'm not looking up too many YouTube videos. Um, yeah. And if I do, it's to learn something new, like, okay, I'm going to look right. up this and see, see an article 200 who's got something with that. So um, I think we hit different type of styles and that's okay. Um, but I do want to say there's going to be people that see what we're doing and I see it right now and they start doing very similar, if not the same things. And that's yeah. okay. Um, back in the day when I started with tools, DeWalt was the number one. Everybody had DeWalt and we had a drill, a Sawzall and, an, and then impact drivers came in and we had drill, Sawzall, impact driver. And then I remember my, yeah. old, my old farmer walking around with a little night, like a Bosch, maybe 12 volt or something, little drill. And we called him Barbie doll because yeah, had the little itty bitty ones. That little, would fit. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> I driver. Now I just for putting plugs in. Yeah. <laughs> everybody has the impact driver and they've got staplers and they've got saw, like everything that you can imagine. Cause because social media and because it started a competition and like, Oh, free advertising on social media, we could throw it out there. It's created so that everybody wants to be part of it and everybody's changing it and people are posting. It's the same thing with us. Code, who would have thought five years ago, I have another guy that tags me on every code post that he does on Instagram. He's a younger guy. He's sitting in his truck. Every time he does a code post, he's tagged Utah Electrician on. And is he kind of doing the similar stuff? I had one guy uh, DM me like, look, he's trying to be you. And I'm like, no, he isn't. You know, like, oh, he's not as fluent. Well, he's also just learning. And what he's doing is going to put him well ahead of where you're at watching. Right. You know what I mean? And so um, ultimately, I think it's cool that what we have with social media, being a smart electrician is going to be like the cool thing. I think yeah. that's all. I think that that's I think so, awesome. too. 
Yeah. And one thing for you, uh, just as somebody that, that has been making content kind of like at scale on a lot of platforms, I think that your knowledge and the way you like to present it is it's possible for you to present that in a lot of different ways. So I know that pulling your phone out and talking is, is like native to kind of an Instagram and TikTok environment, right? Like that just seems relevant. So what I do when I'm on a field is I do that and then I do this and I redo what I've just done. Oh, okay. or I film it because YouTube is horizontal. And so I'll just keep recording and I'll record other things and I'll take video. Seriously. I'll take oh, that's awesome. And I'll just move my camera because movement is sexy. You don't ever want to just film something like this. You kind of want to like move it a little bit, but it's just, I get extra supplemental stuff. And so I'll take a lot of the same types of things and repurpose it into a long format video because on YouTube, I know people are only going to watch my videos on YouTube when they're sitting at home and they got nothing going on and they want to binge for like 32 minutes to an hour and listen to us talk, but that's only one type of content. So there's three different types of content. This is what YouTube actually taught me that there's three different types of um, viewers of content and there's the the people that have nothing but time to kill and they're going to want to watch something long so you like joe rogan podcasts you're not going to listen to those like in the middle of your work day you know but there's a time and a place for that type of content then you've got the person that's just like sitting at lunch right like they don't have three hours to watch content but they might have like 15 minutes to watch something so it's a little bit different kind of content and then lastly you have the person that's like sitting by a uh waiting for a bus and they've got like a couple minutes before a meeting or some kind of thing and they're just scrolling through tiktok because they've only got a little bit of time but i think that if this whole content creation thing for you if you really want to reach kind of a larger scale audience i think just making your your personality and your message and your style available on every platform that you can um, i think it's just going to help you reach more people but it is going to make you busier and you're gonna have to figure out like somebody to yeah. help you edit and put stuff together yeah and i've, I've had a few students that are like hey let me do this and this and that. i had a guy show up to my class and hey i want to be your manager for them like dude i i i can't i got at the time i was running a service division and I was teaching at nights and I got four kids and a wife, you know, um, but the whole horizontal thing makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm in a situation too. My personality in real life is a lot different, obviously than the camera, like, Oh, three, 10, you know, and I can fall into that code nerddom that's in small terms. (laughs) That's why I try to keep it short. Cause if you get code nerddom for a couple hours, People, I, a good way to put myself to sleep, put in a code video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually my wife will be like, oh, that guy's voice is annoying. And she'll leave the room and go to bit sleep on the couch. And and so uh, I, I that's one of the reasons I do keep it small. Okay. Um, you know, I represent, I have my nephews and nieces and my kids and uh, family, friends. And like I said, all my boss at Gardner Electric was uh, up, in, or up in Ogden, which is two hours north of me. And he could hear my voice. And he was like, the heck's Chad? And his wife's like, I hear Chad too. And he looked in front of him in line and there's a dude watching my Instagram. And he's like, Hey, Chad works for me. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? Chad owns Gardner. He's like, I am Brandon Gardner. Chad doesn't own. (laughs) 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 So uh, I look at it. Like I have a lot, like even with the college, I, my personality, I'm, I'm a construction worker. First of all, Uh, I've got a quick fuse. I've got a lot of things about me that are, um, I'm funny, um, but I have to keep it um, representative of everybody that's kind of who I represent. Does that make sense to where? So I, I kind of envy guys like yourself. They're like just throwing it out there. and you're I read me. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to do that for myself is to put myself out there uh, a little bit more and uh, not worry so much. Um, so like I, today I recorded a class of me teaching because somebody said, I've never seen you teach this other than your setup. People are like, how long does it take you to set up and think of codes before you spit it? I'm like, I just, oh, there's a vending machine. Let's go do 220.5 on GFI protection for a vending machine. And so, you know, sometimes like, hey, you record this and then I'll stand there and do my thing and maybe take, oh, I, I talk too fast. So I need to do that again. Yeah. Or I miss, you know, if you miss slip one word, you know, people are going to hit you up and be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this kind of conductor and you meant this. So there's a few times I take a couple takes, but I usually do it off the whim. Um, 
but I, I want to hit more people because I think I can help, help more people, but I don't want to get, be one of those guys that it's like, you know, there's people that I know that are Instagram famous that, or, or, you know, YouTube famous that their whole personality and everything changes. You know, it's like all of a sudden I'm famous. Um, I like to see the guys and just, you know, one kid the other day, I get this look when people meet me, they'll just kind of smirk at me and look and I'm like, what? I'm shorter than you thought. <laughs> they go, Hey, how did you know what I was thinking? You know, <laughs> like, cause I'm five foot seven and I take my videos up, you know, yeah. upwards in face. and like, oh, thing, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one kid goes, he's in school. He goes, Hey, I follow your videos. And why don't you own your own contracting company? Why don't you do this? And I just kind of explained to him. He goes, he's giving me that look and I go, what? I'm shorter than you thought. And he goes, yeah, that belly came out of nowhere too. Dude, that made me <laughs> I, I died. I see that kid all the time. And I was always like, if I'm like, I have a Pepsi here, so I'll be like pointing at the Pepsi or like, or I'll have a diet Pepsi. Like, hey, I'm listening to you. So yeah. making those connections, some people take it so serious. And it's like, why would you talk to me that way? You know what I mean? I, I don't want to go. No. Yeah. But yeah, that, that kid had me laughing so damn hard. Oh man, it's, it's funny. Cause I'll get people too that like, uh, I'll respond to a comment or something and they're like, Oh my God, you answered. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm just a fucking dude. <laughs> like, I'm just like I, people. I don't know, man. I've had people at home Depot walk up to me and they're like, Oh my God, I watch your videos. And it's like, bro, 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 calm down. Like see that guy over is there out and buying a plug right now. I'm the same fucking thing. I just yeah, have yeah, yeah. myself. I think people put that number on our page. Like, you know, well, this is, this guy's a guy from YouTube and he has this big thing. Now, not that's, that's not to say that's not something to be happy about. Like the, the work we put in, I've had my Instagram page for a few years now. So all these guys that are like, how did you get your page? Did you buy them? I'm like, no, dude. And I finally got a first <laughs> offer. I've got a, my first offer with the tool company to, you know, that's kind of an Instagram thing. I started with some tool companies, uh, repping and it wasn't an educational thing. I was doing just me on the job and doing stuff. And then it turned into educational because that's where I turned my career. But um, I got one that offered me kind of an offer. I couldn't refuse for a lot of money. And I'm like, what's the kick here? Like I keep emailing. I'm like, am I going to do this, this, this? And my wife goes, that kind of money for four years of work, that ain't nothing. <laughs> like we're not getting rich off this. You know what I mean? So I don't think people know the work you put in on an Instagram page. It is, there's one reason I don't sit and put a lot of work into Instagram page because it's a lot of work and I've got education going on and I got this. You have to be dying because you're doing your business, you're doing your personal and you're doing the YouTube. It's not like, oh, he's lucky. He's an Instagram guy. So he's making a boatload of money. No, dude, that's not. (laughs) Bro, I'm recently divorced because I'm so incredibly just dialed the fuck in 20 hours a day. I was having this conversation the other day. Somebody was talking about the four tens that they work and how they're just so stressed out about how much they work. I'm like, bro, I work 20 fucking hours a day, seven days a week for the last five years. I haven't taken a fucking day off. Like, I don't want to hear about your four days. Yeah. Yeah. Four days a week with your three day weekends. That means you have three days off to do whatever you want. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm going to wake up at 4am and I'm not going to stop working until midnight till I get off the phone with China from some shit that I'm building for my sixth fucking company that i own and i'm like doing you know, like yeah and, uh, and you put Sorry, i'm really passionate there. about that yeah yeah um, you put yourself out there and all of a sudden you just become busier too like i've turned yeah. a lot away i mean i got a linkedin page and i thought okay i'll just put a professional profile there i'm like holy cow i'm turning away things that i wish i could do i just don't have time for you know what i mean yeah. um but and never and ever in order to go anywhere you have to push yourself you put yourself out there I think there's a happy medium on why, you know, I always ask my question, why are you doing what you're doing? So when people would say, why do you do Instagram? I don't know. Now I got to think about why I want to do Instagram. Um, I need to spend money. I need to have that money coming in on a fam for my family. My wife stays at home. We have a son with a visual impairment. And so, yeah, I make good money, but there's a lot of my apprentices that's wives makes good money and they make decent money. They make more than I do. You know what I mean? So um, we're living on a fixed income. And so if I can make money, um, I, I just assume that eventually putting this stuff out there will, will take off in some, in some way, you know, and it does when I have to do continuing ed and I get booked up with continuing ed classes, I get, there's a financial freedom that I hope will happen off of that. 
Uh, I get great benefits through the state. I wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have put myself out there as an instructor and a teacher. So um, I think ultimately for like, if anybody's out there listening, like I didn't think I was going to be a full-time educator. I love the trade and I learned the love of the trade from Brandon Gardner, who I just left as an employee. He was my employer. And that was one of the reasons I, I couldn't leave him to go start my own. I just yeah. chasing money, running around in a van, wiring things up and wanting to get paid wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with my best friend who taught me the love of the trade. And then I realized I want to be that guy that teaches the love of the trade um, to other people. And it's contagious. You know what I mean? Like I, I, my biggest uh, accomplishments are seeing other people succeed and they love the trade more than me, which is hard to do. You know what I mean? And so I think that's where the respect comes in with all the guys that are educators. They wouldn't have a big name and they wouldn't be doing it because typically education doesn't pay a lot if they didn't love what they were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. I think the, um, the, the ability to pass on knowledge, I think anybody has, but a lot of I think most people just want to work. I think it's, it's a rare thing to have somebody that has like a true desire to teach above the work, you know, cause it's one thing to be in love with like going out and doing this for, for, uh, a job. Um, but the desire to like pass that stuff on, um, I, I guess I'm the same way. I think you and I are both very similar in that. Like when I started making videos, it wasn't about making money. It was just like, I want to share this stuff with somebody and I don't have any good apprentices around me or the people that give a shit to talk about this stuff. So I'm just going to like maybe connect with somebody out there who does want to see all of this stuff. So you're, um, but yeah, I, I didn't think in a million years that I was able to, I was going to be able to like sustain myself with making YouTubes and videos and like sharing stuff with people. It's kind of nuts how it's changed everything. Yeah. I think it's natural when you look at a lot of successful people, I got a guy's name or I, I can't think of his name. I got a guy I'm thinking of that's huge on social media and he's a entrepreneur entrepreneur makes a ton of money and he's doing seminars. He's doing all these things. And you can tell it's, I think I want to say his name is Grant. Is that his first name or last name? Yeah, Grant Cardone. So the dude, maybe people don't agree with his philosophy on cash flow or whatever he's whatever he teaches. I don't really even listen to what he's saying, to be honest with you. But I do watch him and the way he presents and the way he talks. The dude's got enough money that he could be sitting on an island somewhere. You know what I mean? But he wants to share what it is that he has done to get to the point where he is. There's no reason he has to. He's got so much money. He doesn't have to put that out there for the world, but that's what he naturally wants to do. You know, and I think uh, us uh, as humans, once we get to a certain status, we got to that top of the ladder and we're like, okay, we put our hand down. We want to help people climb up the ladder as well. And I think we give ourselves bad credit on humanity is kind of screwed up. But at the end of the day, I think that's a natural thing as you work hard, you want to tell your story. You want that to fall down. You don't work your head off to then die, but nobody know who you are. You want to bring that up and make that naturally grow. And so I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree too. Like not even, uh, I think just making sure that the craft that we've learned for so long stays, you know, uh, moving forward and like, um, not just helping one person, but like really caring about the entire idea of being a craftsman and, um, you know, being an electrician, a lot of the instructors that I've met, there's that thing in common where it's like, I put all this time in and I'm not going to let this falter, you know, this, this is my trade. This is my craft and it's my turn now to hold it all up. Um, I think we, yeah, I think we just need more people, which is again, why I think promoting you and all of us that are doing this, helping promote each other and, and like anybody else that wants to do it. Um, I always tell people, if you want to make a YouTube channel, like I'll set up a zoom call and I will show you what buttons to click, who to fucking talk to I'll show you all of it. I won't charge you anything, but we need more people that are like kind of the mainframe structure of, of the, the trades that are moving forward. Uh, how old are you? I'm 43. I'll be, okay, so you're still a young guy. There's lots 40, of 44 this year. 
It yeah. feels like every year. I, it feels like every year I blink, I get older. No, uh, it goes by fast. Two decades of your life before you're even going to think about retiring. So there's just so much more time for right. you to be able to spread your knowledge to people, and um, it's a long time. Yeah, I think ideally, when I think of um, my situation with my career, you know, starting to, to become a full time educator at 43 is not a not a bad deal. You know, you hear guys like I've been teaching for. 60 years, that's fine, but you didn't, there's no way you got 20 years of experience in the field. You know, I was just yeah. talking about uh, Armando, uh, you know, I can introduce you to him. He's the coolest guy, but uh, yeah. him and I with code and uh, I'll tell you some other things about him later. But um, I was like, Armando, you've got 20 years in the field with really good experience. And then you've got, uh, you've been inspecting. So he, he, him and I will talk about codes for an example, 210.8A1 is GFI protection for bathrooms. Well, 210.8A9 says you have to have, if there's an outlet within six feet, that outlet has to be GFI protected for uh, six feet from a shower. And I was like, well, it just said bathroom, so why wouldn't shower be in there? So I call Armando. I'm like, how often are you inspecting jobs that you see a shower outside of a bathroom? Yeah. So why is it this way? And he goes, actually there was a garage that had a shower in it and there was an outlet within six feet. It had to be GFI protected. And I'm like, okay, I've never installed that. I've never done that as an instructor. I've always wondered, but that makes sense. So now I can relay that message to my, to my students. So he's 20 years in the field, 20 years, uh, or sorry, not 20 years as a, as a inspector, but he's an inspector, chief inspector out of Albuquerque. And now he's starting to teach, man, that guy's going to be a triple flat threat. There's nobody that I know that has that much experience in all these things. I know of a guy that's taught for 40 years and had five years in the trade. I know another guy that had three years in the trade and taught for 20 something years, but you know, that good balance stuff, they're going to be guys doing it. And I think it takes putting ourselves out there for other people to want to do it, to have those kind of statistics. Yeah. I agree. So, but it's cool. Like Ryan Jackson, he's a code guy. Um, and he's been doing, he's an inspector at 22. So his, he's seen a lot more in installations than I ever have because I've seen my installs and yeah. maybe helped on a few other people's jobs. And then he knows the code book. So even though he hasn't been a guy putting up the conduit or using the practical skills to get that done, he has seen a million and something installations and knows the code book. So it's kind of cool to hear from everybody's perspective, in my, in my opinion. So. Yeah. I mean, it's all valid too. There's always just different things to offer. Um, so that's great. I'm going to, I'm going to start checking his stuff out. I've, I've just heard his name enough times now that I need to go check it out. Yeah. Um, I also don't have free time. Like yeah, yeah, I'm, rarely, I'm rarely, if I'm on Instagram, it's cause I'm posting something on Instagram. And if I just happen to catch your name on your thing, I'll watch your thing. But like, I'm not scrolling on TikTok. I'm yeah. posting. So I just, I well, the way Instagram works too, if you look like I've always got those same four or five people when it shows their stories, I'll watch their stories and I'll only get maybe 10 stories deep and be done. The next day it's the same 10. I'm like, I know those aren't the only people that I follow that I see their stories. And then with it, when it comes to scrolling, you're not seeing it in an order. You're seeing it in like how, how you, uh, how it shuffles for what you've clicked on. Right. So yeah, all of them are feeding you what you want to be. Yeah, fed. <laughs> like Armando actually will say to me like, yeah, you didn't see my post. And I'm like, yeah, you're my best friend, but I didn't see your post. Cause I didn't look for, I didn't look up new, new Mexico sparky and look at it, you know? Right. And so, uh, Instagram is a little bit, I get hit up a lot with people, which, uh, one of my coworkers is like, Chad, the only reason I think you need to worry about tick or Instagram. He's like, I know you don't, you're not worried about the money that, you know, I'm over here saying I need money, but I, I'm motiv- money doesn't motivate me even though I need it. Right. So, um, I'm not big on like, I want to be rich, even though that wouldn't hurt. Uh, so one thing he said was one thing that sucks about you only posting on TikTok and Instagram and a few, uh, a lot of the stuff I've done on my YouTube, it isn't to make a YouTube. It's like, we're going to embed this from YouTube to uh, like, I'll make videos specific for, for the instruction here at the school. And when I make that, we embed it just like I embed your stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if I look up 200.4, and it's not there, I'm not going to take your video because it's not there. So I'll go make a video, put it on my YouTube. You know, I did one about 600.5 the other day, disconnects for a sign. 
uh, that wasn't in the, it wasn't on YouTube. So I put it in there, we embed it. And he's like, the thing is, is you get hit up a lot with people saying, Chad, he did a, he did a video about this. I can't find it because it just gets buried in my content that they know like, Oh, Chad, you asked a question about there. You did a video about this. That was awesome. And I can't find your content. So that's the only thing that's really motivating me to do a YouTube is so that when people see my stuff and they want to remember it, they can look it up and find it instead of scrolling through all my content. Cause I have Sparky EDU. I'm a part of a uh, Utah electrician. And then, you know, I have a little consulting page I don't post on. And then yeah, what, uh, is, what is Sparky EDU? Because I see, I see like post two different kinds of posts from you from time to time. Yeah. So Sparky EDU is a thought that I had a couple years back, maybe a year or so ago where I was just like the education thing wasn't big on Instagram. It was just me. And I was always talking code with certain dudes. And I was like, I don't know these guys sharing their electrical knowledge and their code. And then I thought, well, I was just thinking about the same stuff we've been talking about. Like, it'd be cool if uh, there was another Instagram page that was, that was educational, um, but it wasn't just my perspective. So mm-hmm. I hit up, I think it was seven different guys, six different guys, and just said, you know, Chris with Gentech Power, he's a generator guy. Um, uh, Sparky Pride, Tyler, he was one of my students. He's really good at theory. Armando's good at the code. Brian Jackson's good at the code. Um, and then like, uh, Kyle Figueroa is really good with, um, uh, just everyday electrical stuff. And then we have, uh, Evan who does a lot of safety stuff with NFPA 70. So I just hit these guys up because we had our own little things we were good at and like, Hey, what do you guys think about making this page? Uh, we all take a day to post and, uh, you know, I I was going to have everybody just stick to their specific topics, but I'm like, no, because we all have, we're all still electricians. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of hard to post. We all get busy and we all have our day. Like my day was yesterday and I did not get around to a post, but it literally is to just spread free knowledge to people, you know, like okay. in order, they don't have to go buy two grand worth of books and then sit there and watch the books and watch long videos to be able to learn a simple concept. Uh, yeah. They could learn it by keeping up on a page. So that that's what that was about. Um, I appreciate your time, man. And and taking the time out of your day to, to make this happen. And I think that it's a, it's awesome what you do. So I, I, I love, uh, love your content. And I know that it's like I say to Ryan to know all this code and to be where I'm at, I know the work that I put in. I know for a fact, uh, I got to give you credit for all the hard work that you put in to your videos to give back to other people. You know what I mean? Thank you. So I appreciate that, man. And yeah, likewise, same thing. Just keep, keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, I'd love to do another one of these just, you know, to help, like, as you grow, I think just people seeing your face and seeing your personality, your perspective, um, checking out your Instagram and everything, I think it'll just help. So, uh, just keep in touch, um, plug yourself really quick. What's your actual like at on Instagram and on TikTok? So on Instagram, I'm a Utah underscore electrician and TikTok. I think it's just Chad German one. I think there was already a Chad German. So I put a one on that. I think if the next name was Chad German one and then yeah, YouTube, I just have Chad German, but it's uh, the YouTube content is you're going to find on my TikTok and my, uh, my Instagram. I, I usually do short videos and just kind of compile them together to make a big one and put that on, on YouTube. So but, uh, thank yeah, you. So no, that's fine. And I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. I appreciate you too. Keep going, man. I love your stuff. So, (laughs) all right. Have fun teaching, buddy. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Okay. Bye.